The Fake Show podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, now with two locations, the Tone Factory Recording Studios in Las Vegas, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, Mr. Antenna, and Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. It's The Fake Show with Jim Toffee. Actor-comedian Paul Reiser has had a pretty good run these last few years. He's gone out on the road to do stand-up again. He appeared in Stranger Things, The Mad About You reboot, and The Kaminsky Method with Michael Douglas and his hero, Alan Arkin, which has started a little bit of talk about maybe an Emmy Award in the future. And believe it or not, Paul has never won an Emmy. Let's discuss it all right now as I've got Paul Reiser on the line from his home in Los Angeles. Paul, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Oh, very good. Thank you. I, I think we actually talked in, uh, I believe it was December, and at the time you were talking about how incredible it was to work with one of your heroes, Alan Arkin, on the Kaminsky Method. It had to be a dream come true for you. It certainly was. You know, it's funny when you, you I, I remember chatting, and as you just said, we spoke in December. I had to rack my brain and picture what December was like. What <laughs> I know. What the world was like. <laughs> Right. I mean, when people went outside and 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 the world was different. Sure, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah, that was a, you know the Kaminsky method. It's, uh, to, it's such a well done show, and it's just top notch writing and. and Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin, and so when they invited me to come play for season two, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't play hard to get. The writing is so good, but did you think, oh my God, I hope I have this chemistry, which you do with, especially with Alan Arkin, that that you did, especially in the first scene where you meet in the restaurant. I, I knew, I knew those guys and those rhythms so well and 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 uh chuck laurie the writer no just you know knows how to write for individuals to make it all work so i wasn't worried that it wasn't going to work and and i i just uh, i just w- I hope that i wasn't going to be caught staring and going i can't believe it. <laughs> and i think one of the lines was where you said i'm a retired school teacher and alan says that's bad that's like taking a bath with a toaster the look on your face was was priceless yeah they wrote this great line when he's talking about me and I say to Michael Douglas, does he understand that I'm sitting here? <laughs> uh, it was uh, it was great fun. There was all this. They're talking about you know. I, I hope it gets recognized. I hope the show gets recognized. Uh, come award season. I hope there's an award season. I don't know if that's going to even happen. Well, and I know that there is Emmy buzz regarding your role, but you're sort of the new Susan Lucci, aren't you? As far as Emmy nominees are concerned, <laughs> I've always thought of myself as a young Susan. Lucci. Uh, yeah. You know, that's my. If I have one theme to my professional career, it's I am entirely award free and proud of it. <laughs> I'm not one of those guys who's hampered by like if there was a fire, I wouldn't have to grab the Emmy statues. You know what I mean? <laughs> one thing I don't have to worry about. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but you know, they, but uh, the truth is, you know, you never go into any of these things thinking about those things or ever. Uh, but when it's all done and people appreciate the show or recognize, you know, or you know dig your work it's really it's very it's very nice it's uh but the show is so good i hope the show gets recognized because it's i hope more people come to it and and find it originally you know i, I thought well who's going to watch this show except for me and other old guys and old people because uh, it's really it's about two you know guys in their 70s well alan in the 80s and michael douglas in the 70s and i'm in my 60s but uh 
to my surprise, I was finding a lot of young people were coming over and really loved it. It, it, it was curious. But, uh, you know, I think people, when something is good, people find it, and it's not really limiting. It's a famous story, really. You kind of backed into this role by calling Chuck Lorre and just saying that you were a fan of the show. What a, what a great uh, way to get in, huh? Yeah, and uh, for those of you at home, don't try that. It doesn't work, ever. It's never worked before. <laughs> I've never heard of that. But it was just the timing. I, he was an old buddy, and I, and I happened to, uh, you know, I literally just called him to tell him how great I thought this show was, the first season. And uh, <laughs> next, and I jokingly, I think I said something like, you know, why don't we do a show like that? Because I thought that would yeah. be great fun. And we had always thought about working together. And he said, well, you know... I'm thinking there's a role I want to bring in. Would you want to be in this one? I went, yeah, let's not no. fool around. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend I'm, I'm being cool about it. And uh, and he had, he, I think he had the character in mind and probably would have gone to an older guy if uh, if I hadn't called first. <laughs> so, yeah, so then the, he said, well, we're going to age you up. You know, and that was also a lot of fun to put this... A lot of people were calling me saying, we didn't even know that was you for the first couple of minutes. And yeah. <laughs> I had friends were calling saying, God, we saw this old, fat, bald guy. We said, oh, Paul has let himself go. What happened to you? What has happened to you? On my way to that. I'm not there yet, but that's coming, I'm sure. That's a nice preview. You know, I, I first became aware of you, as many people did, in the great film Diner, and you, you kind of stood out in the crowd because of the way that you delivered lines. You, there was a... The, you kind of knew that you were a stand-up because of because of that. So, so did Barry Levinson just say to you, go, do your thing? Yeah, actually. You know, the, when I... That was another sort of accident that happened. Most of, most of the things that have ever involved me I, are... Through the just bizarre reasons, um, but there was Diner was really about five guys, and there was this idea that he had for a sixth guy who would sort of round out the group that was not very defined. And so he said, "We'll just we'll figure it out on the set." And I went, "Whatever, sure." And uh, yeah, so we would just play and improvise, and he would say, "Do a little more of that." Remember the thing you did yesterday, and and uh, and to be honest, at the time I said, "I don't." know what I did. I don't think there's anything that was that <laughs> memorable. And then I would see, you know, when I saw the film, I went, oh, look at him. He knew what he was doing. So he <laughs> sort of uh, encouraged me, and the others too. A lot of it, you know, it was beautifully scripted, but there was a lot of scenes between guys that was sort of improvised. And, and uh, you know, a good director has a really good eye, and he, and he knew what worked and what to keep. By the way, the Mad About You reboot was hugely successful, but I seem to remember a few years ago you and Helen Hunt saying, nope, we're not going to revisit this. Oh, yeah, we had it embroidered on a pillow. It was, uh, <laughs> it was our motto. Uh, where we were very happy when we ended 20 years ago, literally, like, yeah, 20 years ago. And uh, we were very pleased we had done the show we had wanted to do, we did every episode we wanted to do, and we ended it really well and tied everything up in a nice ribbon and answered every question, you know. We even showed the, the future. We said, well, here's what's going to happen. So we said, well, there's no reason to ever want to open up the box again. And then, you know, people were kept in, uh, talking about it because there was so many other shows were coming back. And then, you know, we, we once we started talking about it, we thought, well, that would kind of be fun to play together for sure and then we thought there's also we had never really been parents on the show we were parents of a baby uh when we finished the show 
Yeah. And in the 20 years off the air, we had each raised, you know, children. So we thought, well, there's so much content to talk about. And, and, and it would be fun to see what these people are like, having been worn down by, you know, the fatigue <laughs> of child rearing. And so that was really the appeal, too. One of the original episodes, I remember, uh, Yoko Ono was on the show as a guest. And that was pretty cool. How cool was that for you? you I'm yeah. assuming you were a fan of hers and John's. I was. Yeah, we were, that was surreal. We had... Uh, um, yeah, she doesn't have a long line of uh, uh, history of comedy credits. <laughs> you know, we had done one episode about her, uh, where I was, you know, I was a fan and and I was invited, and then I we, I went on the wrong day, and she wasn't there. And she she wrote us a note and was very appreciative that we were, you know, so uh, you know she's not always treated uh, she's not always been treated kindly or and gently and right. we're very uh, reverent and and and, and respectful and, and affectionate genuinely. And then when we sort of jokingly said, well, let's see if she'd want to be on it. And she said, yes. And went, oh, my gosh. So it was very surreal. You know, and she, and she was funny. And she was, and in fact, a lot of that episode came out of her suggestions because we weren't really, I was so nervous about let's do this right and what are we going to do and and uh, whatever you I was the I was the real guy going. Don't make any jokes about breaking up the Beatles. Don't do anything like that. And she was one going. You know, maybe you should do a joke about how people think I broke it up. I went, really? You want us to? Okay. You know. And then we did. There was a thing that that really blew our mind at the end. We had these little under credits. You know, these little uh, tags at the end of the show, and we. We didn't know what we were going to do, and she was the one suggested. She said, you know, John and I always said, whenever we have a chance, we should really try and put the message for peace. And what if we're lying in bed, the three of us, and I, we just say, give peace a chance. And yeah, okay, let's get into bed with Yoko and say, give peace a chance. And it was just... It was just surreal. It was surreal. It was really a thrill. It's fantastic. Well, the Kaminsky Method is now streaming on Netflix uh, both seasons. And good luck to you and, and stay well, you and your family. Thank you. Yeah, you too. And it's not like no people don't have time to watch TV now. There's a, there's no excuse. I know. Everybody's <laughs> home. So, uh, yeah, I uh, hope people enjoy it. And thank you uh, thank you for the support. And glad you, glad you enjoyed the show. And talk to you next time. Good talking to you, Paul. Take care. Take care. I love the Yoko Ono story. It's one that I've never heard before, and let's hope that Paul breaks the Emmy curse with the Kaminsky method. That does it for this episode of The Fake Show. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you back here next time. Right? All right, bye. Take The Fake Show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. Thank you.